Girlfriends, episode number 127, Real Mom Connections with Heather Anderson Renshaw. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I'm sharing a fun conversation I had recently with author and friend of the heart, Heather Anderson Renshaw. I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad you've chosen to connect with me here this way. Spend a little bit of time together here on the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm always glad when we can connect in this way. This week, as I said, I'm going to be sharing an fun and inspiring interview that I had with my good friend and author, Heather Anderson Renshaw, who has her first book coming out this fall called Death by Minivan. She's fantastic, real Catholic mom on all of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those good places. So you'll be able to check her out. You'll learn more in the interview. But first, before we get to that, I just wanted to share a little touching story from this past week, one of those moments that really made me pause and relish my role as a mom. There are lots of those this time of year, aren't there? Like, I sometimes feel like I just don't, I can't carry enough Kleenex around for all these mom moments as I'm going to sacraments and graduations and all these new milestones that are going on in our kids' lives. And I I see it too. Like, I see you on social media sharing all the different things that are going on in your kids' lives and your grandkids' lives. Beautiful things happening this time of year. And it's such a tough time of year. You know, recently um, someone shared one of those beautifully written essays about a child who's growing up and moving on and um, the mom's difficulty with letting go and kind of processing that. Usually these are all over Facebook and other such places in the fall. Um, And there are just a few now as kids are graduating and moms are really feeling it. Um, But this one was particularly well written and it, it was just a beautiful short reflection on the fact that it's not really a death, but we should be allowed to grieve because it feels like we're losing somebody. And even though it's supposed to be this way, it's a real, it's a a difficult letting go process. And, but there are so many beautiful moments along the way that I try to focus on that. And um, I shared about this a few years ago when I was especially struggling with my son leaving for college so far away, going down to Florida. We live up here in New Hampshire. So that was a long ways away um, where I think I called that episode, the art of letting go and just shared a little bit about my approach to that and how I was struggling through that. Um, And I've really, I've, I've come to a place where I think I'm better at it, I, but I let myself have my moments where you need the Kleenex and it's okay. And that's part of being a mom. And it's because we care. It's because we love so much and it's okay to feel the feelings. Don't try to hide them. They're actually not embarrassing. And my kids might roll their eyes a little bit, but you know, they know it's because I care. So ultimately it's a good thing. Anyway, so this particular moment was um, a couple of nights ago. My daughter, Julia, is graduating from high school. In fact, I think by the time you're listening to this, she will have already graduated, just barely. So um, st- finishing up school and having all those end-of-the-year events, and this one was a scholarship awards dinner that we went to. She had been invited, so they only invite kids and families, you know, if they're getting an award. So we knew she'd be getting something. And she did. Uh, 
I was so grateful that she received a number of different awards. She's a hardworking girl, and she applied for a lot of things. And she's been involved in a lot of community service and volunteer activities. So she was a pretty good candidate for a lot of these. So I thought she'd do well, but she did even better than I expected and got a number of um, scholarships that's really going to help her out with her freshman year at Ave Maria University down in Florida. So we're really grateful for that. But one in particular stood out to me. There was, um, it was, you know, a bunch of awards were given out this night, probably like 40 different awards. And each award had somebody who was presenting the award. Um, sometimes someone who presented multiple awards, but a lot of times it's just a small organization or a family that, you know, started a, a, a scholarship in memory of a lost family member and really some touching stories that they shared about the people that they were in honor of. And um, then they would announce the kids who won the scholarship. Well, this particular one was presented by the Kiwanis Club. I'm not even sure what a Kiwanis is. <laughs> I think it's like a business organization. Um, but there was this really old man who went up to the podium when it was time to announce this award. And I whispered to my husband, oh, my gosh, he must be like 95 years old. He really was that old, but just adorably, you know how they like he was wearing this old fashioned kind of suit and tie. Um, I don't know what you call this kind of tie, but like he kind of looked like the colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> that kind of a tie, like kind of an old fashioned jacket. Um, anyway, he was adorable. So he goes up there and he talks a little bit about, um, you know, the the purpose of the scholarship to recognize community service and um, people who are looking to um, give back to their communities and who have good grades and whatnot. And sure enough, um, he was giving out three scholarships and Juliet did receive one of them. So the kids walk up and receive their award. And then they, you know, they stand there while he finishes his comments and people take pictures and whatnot. And so after he had presented all of the awards and then he just went on to talk and this guy had a lot to say. He was really funny. Um, some of it I didn't quite get. And I started to feel like, oh, my gosh, someone needs to um, invite this man to complete his comments and sit down. But then he was making some funny jokes and um, talking about the history of the town. And it was great. And then he uh, decided he was going to talk a little bit about the kids who got these awards. And he began with Juliet. And he just walked right over to her and said, Juliet Bean. And he said, you know why uh, your essay stood out to me? And he said, it was because in your essay, you talked about, and then he like turns to the audience and he's like, this girl talked about how she has seven brothers and sisters. She's one of eight children. And that as a result of that, she feels really blessed because that means she has seven best friends. And then he just paused for a minute and, you know, already I thought that was really touching and, you know, just really beautiful that Juliet had even written that. First of all, I was really uh, moved by that. So, of course, I'm already starting my mom tears. But then this little old man just broke down. I mean, not sobbing, but he couldn't talk anymore because he was getting choked up. And he just he just wanted to repeat that, that she had seven best friends. He eventually did choke that out and said how lucky she was and how most of us consider ourselves lucky if we have one best friend and what a beautiful gift that was, what a beautiful gift her family was to her. 
So, of course, I am a complete mess at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I'm just letting the tears roll down my face and, you know, my eye makeup's getting ruined and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, what a beautiful moment. And I was so grateful in that moment for not only the, you know, the opportunity for my daughter to be that public witness for um, the blessings of a large family, but just for the privilege of being her mom. And what a joy that is. And I've experienced that in different ways with each of my children. Just a moment where you really feel grateful for being that kid's mom, that you know it's a special role that you play. And anyway, that's my wish for you, that you'll have moments like that this springtime and in the future, in the fall, if you're letting go and saying goodbye to some kids, that you'll have some of those moments this summertime. That truly, those are the moments that we need to pause and recognize what a privilege it is to play this role in our children's lives, to be their mom, that it's a privileged and a special role. So remind yourself to be looking for those moments and when they happen, relish them, just pause for a moment and appreciate it and go ahead and cry. If you need to cry a little bit, <laughs> it makes it all the more memorable for everybody there. So anyway, I wanted to share that touching moment because it really meant a lot to me this um, this past week. And I'm hoping you're having some of those moments too and that it's not all stress. <laughs> Make sure that you're pausing in the midst of that stress to appreciate the beauty of some of those mo moments that I'm sure are happening inside of your family life as well. Okay, I don't want to delay any further sharing the awesome Heather Anderson Renshaw with you. She's really a wonderful lady, and I know you're going to enjoy getting to know her if you don't already know her. Many of you, I'm sure, follow her on social media. But it really was a privilege to sit down and have a little moment to talk with her and discuss just family life as well as her recent project of writing her very first book. Take a listen. Hello, everybody. It's a special day here on Girlfriends because my real girlfriend, Heather Anderson Renshaw, is joining us here today. Heather Renshaw is a wife, mother, author, speaker, and retired event coordinator. When not laughing in the face of never-ending piles of laundry and dishes, Heather enjoys singing loudly in her minivan and dreams of eating gelato in Assisi, Italy. <laughs> Heather lives in the wilds of the unchurched Pacific Northwest with her one very tall, very supportive husband and her five very wonderful, very challenging children. Heather's first book, Death by Minivan, will be released by Our Sunday Visitor this fall. You can connect with Heather on social media, at Real Catholic Mom. Hi, Heather. Good to have you here. Hi, Danielle. So nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's been a while. Now, maybe you can refresh my memory. I don't know how long ago it was that I first ever met you. And I think it's it's this is a kind of a backwards thing nowadays. I think I met you in real life before I met you online. That very well could be. I think you might be right. <laughs> well, you came to the wilds of the unchurched Pacific Northwest <laughs> to be with us for Catholic Women Rejoice a few years back. Right? So I think you're right. You and your sassy heels, your pumps. Oh I gosh. remember those. I <laughs> I'm barefoot right now while we're recording. So, oh yeah, nope. are you also no are you also today. pregnant? No, <laughs> no, no. In the kitchen, many oh. times in my life, I have been barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, and I, I was always happy. That was fine. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Well, as long as you're happy, that's that's what matters, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm thrilled to have the chance to talk with you about um, your new book. So, 
I saw this. I saw because I follow you on Twitter. I saw that you were, you know, just praying your way through this process of writing this book. <laughs> and I can yeah. so relate because I am right now in the middle of a book project that needs a lot of prayer if it's ever going to see the end of the tunnel. So that's a huge process. And this is your first book. So maybe you can share a little bit about what it's been like for you. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. But first of all, prayers for you, because yes, it's a big deal. It's like, you think yeah. you've, you know, you've done something big before. Like I've, I, I said that I'm a retired event coordinator and the, the event that you came out for, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I think that this has been good. Five years is good. This is not really my charism anymore. Let me move on to something easier, like writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> so prayers for you during your process. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I think that I had no, I, I really didn't really have an idea about how the whole process was going to go down, how it was going to work. I just thought, you know, I have this idea about, about writing a book to encourage moms who are in the trenches and just, um, being able to offer up their sacrifices of motherhood to become the love of Christ within their own homes, but also it's so sanctifying for us as individuals. And I didn't always feel that way. And so mm -hmm. I thought, you know, with this sense of revelation that I had, you know, not that I'm a perfect mom, not that I'm an expert. I'm very clear in my introduction. I am not an expert on parenting. Right. Right. <laughs> I do not have it all figured out, but, um, it, yeah, it just was a lot different than I thought it would be. And mostly because, Interestingly, I feel like, you know, once I started out, I had an outline that I had to present to the publisher, you know, here's, here's my idea. Here's what I want to write about. But then it almost felt kind of like God, you know, the Holy spirit was moving it in a little bit different direction. And I'm like, what is going on here? You know, is it nice. just like my life? I thought, you know, I have plans, I have things that I want to do. And then I just had to surrender and just say, okay, Lord, this is your project. You know, you're mm -hmm. the one who's gotten me to this point where I'm actually writing it. So if this is the way that you want it to go, I will go this way. I will follow you. I will trust you. And I'm going to be like white knuckling it. And I will be asking for <laughs> prayers on Twitter <laughs> and it will be questioning my sanity, but right. I will follow you. So I it's, hear it's you. been a trip. It's oh been my a trip. Gosh. Okay. So it's an encouraging book for moms from a mom who's sharing right from the trenches, right where they are. Right. So, and I know you, so I know it's going to be funny. Are these like funny <laughs> stories? What are they? Sad stories? Are they happy stories? Are they all of those things? Well, I, again, you know, I tried to make it as real to life as possible. So yeah, definitely. I, there's gotta be some humor because that's the way I survive. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, but also I think there's, there's a little bit of poignancy and some, some realness in there as well regarding some of the struggles that we face as moms, you know, it, it's mostly narrative that relates to my life, but then trying to tie that back to the fruits of the Holy spirit, um, Beautiful. and how, because we as moms are laying down our lives for our children, you know, that Bible verse of unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground. Right. Um, you know, but what comes from that dying to self, what comes from that? Um, and, and it, there's great fruit to be had, you know, so love it's all, all in Galatians, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And then I added a few other chapters like gratitude, forgiveness, humor, and humility. Yeah. Um, so 
kind of talking about all those things. So I hope that people will, will be entertained, you know, because right. my life is just like crazy. And some of it's very funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, but also, you know, there are some really deep and, and meaningful and powerful things that God is trying to work in our lives. So there, you know, hopefully there will be tears of, of joy and, and tears of, Oh yeah, you know, I've done that. That's yeah. happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds great. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. It's available for pre-order right now. So we'll have the link in the show notes so people can click over to Amazon. And you know what? I love pre-ordering books because, you know, if I move to buy a book and I see it promoted somewhere or hear the author interviewed and I'm interested, then I'll, I'll click over and I'll buy it. And then when I get it in the mail, it's such a happy surprise. <laughs> yes, right. Like you forget almost yes. that you ordered it. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yes, yes, I've been wanting to read this. So it's like a little present <laughs> you give yourself. So I'm going to encourage you listeners, get over to Amazon, follow the link in the show notes, or even just look for Death by Minivan. It's the only book titled Death by Minivan on Amazon. Right. So you're going to want to pre-order your copy. So um, definitely do that. And I love that title. How'd you get that title? Was it yours or was it, was it from the publisher? No, that, that was the very first thing that came to my mind. You know, I was like, I want to write a book to help moms. You know, I'd read your book, Momnipotent, and I'd mm -hmm. read Kate Wicker's book. And there's just a lot of wonderful books out there for moms. And this had just been on my heart for quite a long time. And, you know, I have a little bit of a complex. I'm like, but I'm not an expert. Like I said, on parenting, I'm not the best mom in the world. You know, I'm the, I'm not even the world's okayest mom. You know, <laughs> what do I have to offer when all these other greats have gone before me? And, and, you know, I'm beautiful with their wisdom, but, um, I just kept feeling like God was saying, no, no, there's something that you have to say. There's something you have to say. And death by minivan, honestly, that was the very first thing that came to my mind. And I thought it was hilarious because I thought, you know, that's kind of how God is, is quote unquote killing me. Mm -hmm. And not to say that he's, you know, stabbing me with it, nothing like that. Right. It's more about, uh, you know, finding our strength as a child of God in our vocation. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's more like, in, I'm not becoming who I am as a child of God in spite of my children. I'm becoming who I am as a child of God because of them. I love and that. if I didn't, if I didn't have those kids in my life, oh my goodness, I don't even know. Right. So, so it's like death by minivan was more about, I spend a lot of time in my car and I can <laughs> either get really bitter and really frustrated and really overwhelmed about that. Or I can say, all right, God, I know you're calling me to love. I know that this is doing something to sanctify me and to sanctify my children. So what is that? And, and then the title was just kind of funny. <laughs> it is. It's funny. And it gives you a good feel for your kind of humor and the kind of book that it's going to be. So, um, and I like that it, it's referencing that dying to self that you've already referenced. And, you know, that that ultimately is what it's all about, right? Especially those of us who are struggling through this thing called Catholic motherhood. I remember early on that phrase of dying to yourself and just it used to make me so angry when I think of oh, it during my more yes. challenging moments, like, oh, what on earth kind of plan is that? Like, what? yeah, that is stupid. Why would I want to die? I don't want to die. Yes. Yeah. And am I not supposed to fight? You know, I've always been a fighter and just stubborn. It's like, I'm, I'm determined. I'm not going to give up, but that's not God's economy. Right. I mean, right. in Matthew, it tells us that to become my disciples, you must daily take up your cross and follow me. And I'm like, well, I guess this is the cross that you've given me, Lord. And I heard this, um, this reflection with the divine mercy chaplet. 
and they had some commentary from St. Faustina's diary. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how there were some people that were following Jesus on the road to Calvary and they were just standing way, 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 way back. And then there were some people who were um, carrying their crosses very, very far behind them, like they were dragging them. And then there were those who were actually clinging to their crosses. And it was saying that those who most like, who, who most um, resemble me in this earth, on this earth, will most resemble me in glory. Wow. So I had to take a look at that and think, oh my gosh, I've been dragging this oh, yeah. vocation behind me. Like this vocation is keeping me from doing all the wonderful, amazing things that I want to do. When in fact, all that I ever needed was right here. I just had to accept that this was God's path of holiness for me. Right. So hard to do. And uh, I think yes. it's, I think every one of us is kind of a work in progress in that regard. Um, and, and you have five children. So let's talk a little bit about large family living. Um, sure. There's, there's, of course, unique challenges in every size family. Um, but for you in particular, you've been called to raise a large family with your husband. Maybe you can, um, I think there might be a funny story about how you and your husband figured out your calling to have a big family. I will tell you how we figured it out. It was called Two Pink Lines on Craigslist. <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> you know, we we did not set out. We didn't we didn't sit down, you know, in a coffee shop when we were first married or engaged and say, you know, we come from big families. We would like to have a big family. We just think that's what God is calling us to do. It wasn't like that. Um, my husband comes from two children, his older brother and himself. And mm -hmm. then I'm adopted and I have a younger sister who's also adopted and she's five years younger than me. So okay. it was almost like we had two separate families, right. my sister and my parents and me and my parents. So it wasn't like we had any sort of a precedent. I mean, this is all one great, you know, social familial experiment. But um, mm -hmm. no, we when we said our vows and this was not even really something that that I thought about at the time, like on the altar. But we promised to accept children lovingly from God and, um, you know, God saw fit to bless us with five children. And I can't say that any of them were intentionally planned by us, but they also weren't avoided by us. And we, we welcomed them all with, with loving arms and, and a little bit of hesitance that God thought we were fit to do right. this thing, you know? Yeah. But, um, again, I don't think that I would be the person that I am today had it not been for my children. I just right. wouldn't because they're, they're, the path to holiness for me. They're, they're what can they keep me off the streets? <laughs> You'd be a bum on the streets drinking out of a brown paper bag. <laughs> I might be, I would probably more likely be the girl that's crashing weddings and like jumping up on tables to dance. You know? oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. You've got that girl in you. I know you do. Yeah. yeah but, but but I don't, yeah, I, God bless all moms. And I think that's the thing that's important to, to note about this book. There's the cover art is just exquisite. My friend, Christine did, she did an amazing job and it's really a picture of me and our five kids and our new dog, Lola, cause we weren't busy enough. We got a puppy. Um, <laughs> and, and so people, I think they might suspect that this is a book that's only for moms with lots of kids. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is as I've, you know, when I had one child, when I had two children, there are things and themes about motherhood that are universal. Absolutely. It doesn't matter 
how many children you have. It doesn't matter if they're bio children, foster children, adopted children, you know, sometimes even spiritual children, if you're hanging out with them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of those themes that are universal. So I don't think that I talk a ton about being a mom of a big family. I think right. it's more about being just being a mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At all. And finding your identity in that or kind of losing yourself, dying to yourself inside of that. I I love that theme. And and I love that you shared that unique way of being called to large family living. Because (laughs) you know what? I think it absolutely is true. You know, actually, that God's will is spoken to us in lots of different ways. And it it is not very often. And it never has been for me. You know, a big thundercloud in the sky speaking to me, telling me exactly, you know, what what his plans are. But really, God speaks to us through our circumstances, through our desires, through our, the people in our lives. And, um, and sometimes our, you know, through our temperaments and the temperament of our spouse and, and how good or not good you might end up being at NFP as a result of that. Like I've honestly, honestly (laughs) feel like that's how God plans families. And he, he makes, he makes known his plans for you uniquely. Of course, you know, you need to be having a a spiritual life. Uh, You need to be having conversations with God. So you're open to hearing it, but you know, it's, it's not always just spelled out and it's, it's sometimes, you know, just through crazy circumstances, stuff you never planned. Right. Absolutely. Well, and what I found is that God's plans are far superior to my plans. Um, Isn't that weird? You know? Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like he knows what he's doing. It, it's like he does. And, and I feel like, you know, at this point in my life, looking back, you know, he wouldn't have loved me any less had I just had one child. Of course. You know, and he and he doesn't love me anymore because I have five children. Mm-hmm. He just knew that this was this was what was going to he wanted those souls in the world. And, you know, my husband and I were the vessels through which those souls, you know, happened. And right. which is amazing. It's a miracle. It really, really is a miracle. Yeah. Now, okay. You, you've got a husband who works full time. Is he still in media? He, yeah, he's actually working for our archdiocese. Okay, yes. great. Yeah. Because I know I was on the radio with him at some point and, oh, yes. and it was because he was so funny and real that I was like, I can't wait to meet this woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, well, it's, but it's interesting because I think when I'm around, my husband is more the straight man, you know, oh, like okay. he, he kind of allows himself to, to be the straight man, but yeah, he's hilarious. That's one of the reasons why we hit it off so quickly when we right. were getting to know one another. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's hilarious. He makes me laugh. And um, that's a very, very good trait, ladies, if Um, you are looking for a husband. I know. Somebody who will make you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely true. It's somebody that you can connect with in that way. So with your husband working and you with the kids at home, how on earth did you manage to crank out this book? Were you up all hours of the night or you would get up early in the morning or writing in five minutes in the bathroom? What do you do? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I gotta write a chapter. I got five minutes to potty. Let's go. <laughs> um, well, actually, my very tall, very supportive husband was very, very supportive, and we did a lot of tag teaming. You know, he would be at work, and he'd come home, and we'd have dinner, and then I would leave to the coffee shop for a few hours in the evening. Yeah. Um, and I started this process a while back, so it's been since the fall of 2017, I guess, that I started to more regularly write because I really wasn't writing as regularly as I probably should have been, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely tried not to write into all hours of the night because I knew that if I did that, I would be a mess the next day. Right. Now there were some times that I did that and I, 
you know, had to power through, you know, coffee and um, yeah, <laughs> all those kinds of things. But what I found, and this is the thing, is that I feel like we sell God short. It's like, all right, God, this belongs to you, right? So, and you know what I need to be able to make it happen. And part of the thing that I need is, you know, a decent amount of sleep. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, I'm just going to go to bed at a somewhat decent time. I'm going to wake up so that I can take care of my children. I'm going to put that as a primacy of importance. And then you're going to make the time come together. Uh And I can't even, I mean, I've got example after example of how he expanded space and time, how he made things happen where it really shouldn't have happened that way. And it just did. Um, and it's not because of anything that I did it. I think it's because of who he is, but, Mm -hmm. um, there, there were several times and I, I, um, think I have this in the book too, but I love this quote from, uh, Pope St. John, the 23rd, he says, I've done what I can this is your church, Lord. I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I remember reading that a few years back and I thought that's perfect for moms, isn't it? Yes. It's, this is your family. This is your domestic church, Lord. I'm going to bed. You know, I can't, I can't do anything. So it was like that with the book too. It was Mm -hmm. like, I, I just have to entrust this to you. And I have to trust that my small efforts are going to be what you need it to be to make this happen. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that always, does pay off. God blesses that kind of trust if you place it in him. Well, and sometimes you get to the point you're so tired and exhausted. You're like, you can't do anything but surrender. Right, right. <laughs> Rock like, bottom. Okay, God, take it. Jesus, take the wheel and all other parts of the minivan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Okay, well, listen, I want to um, share a little bit about the other ways you're connecting with women because you you connect on social media. You're a speaker. You used to organize these events for women. Um, and I'm always interested to know like, what is your take on what women, especially women in the church today, what are their struggles? What are the, what are a lot of women you think, um, really struggling with, with regard to their vocations as Catholic wives and moms today? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, so what I've, what I've seen, what I've, I've experienced is I think that there's a tremendous amount of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of women feel like they're alone. And even with our, you know, hyper-connected internet-driven society, we're not really making those heart connections with other people the same way that we used to before we were on the internet. You know, right. it's like, oh, I've got X number of friends online and I've got X number of followers or whatever. But, you know, are we really taking the time to stop and have a cup of coffee? Do we have a best friend? Do we have somebody we can text in the middle of the night right. if something goes wrong with one of our kids? And a lot of us have that, but mo- a lot of us don't, you know? Mm-hmm. And so feeling that we're alone, like physically, but also I think sometimes spiritually, like I must be the only person out there who won't allow my children to read X title book right or who won't allow my child to participate in x type of activity during pe at school or well i mean there's so many different things and choices and pressures Mm -hmm. and so it's like i'm i'm alone as a woman i'm alone as a catholic christian woman and i'm the only one who's trying to do this thing called motherhood And so, you know, when I see women coming together, and I think that was one of the big impetus for me, impetai, impetus, impetai. (laughs) I I could not tell you, so I will accept any of those options. Yes. (laughs) Ding, ding. You and me just forever. No, I, that 
was one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring women together in the, the conference that I started is because I wanted women to feel safe. I wanted to, them to feel known. I wanted to have them feel cared for, mm-hmm. that they could walk into that room and just say, you know what? I'm a Catholic woman and I am awesome. And these are all Catholic women and it's okay. Right. You know, I don't, I don't have to, to audit my, my thoughts and my words and wonder if people are the, Oh, she's that Catholic lady who drives that big van or there comes that crazy person, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's, that's the thing that I've seen. Um, the, the other thing, and I won't, I won't get in too much about it, but I think just the identity, the identity portion, you know, that the first identity that we have is as a beloved daughter of the almighty God Mm -hmm. of our heavenly father. And I think that sometimes, you know, we think, well, I'm a wife and I'm a mom and I'm a career woman and I have to do all these things. It's like, no, 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 honey, you are a human being, not a human doing. Mm-hmm. So let's just sit for a minute with Jesus and let him love on you and mm-hmm. have that be your primary vocation to love. Your first call to love is with your heavenly father. And so that's, that's one of the things that I see is like, you know, people striving to be worthy, to be worthwhile based on either how they raise their family or how they do their career or any of that stuff. When really God just wants to love on you. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's such an important reminder for us. I think I find that too, that it's a great point about identity. And I think it's tied up in the loneliness too. You know, if you're, if you're feeling grounded in who you are and strong about your identity as a, as a daughter of God, then you're not going to be looking for affirmation in all these other places. But, um, I think, I think you're so right that, and you know, I, I, we all struggle with that, that feeling like the weirdo all the time. It gets tiring. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, I hate being that, that crazy person. And it was so funny. The other night I was having a conversation with my son about something we were not allowing him to do. And he's like, why do we always have to be weird? You know, like, why? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, honey. It's just how it is. And I know I'm sick of it, too. And it's just how it is. And um, I think just kind of getting together with other women, which um, perhaps through book clubs and that sort of thing, your book could encourage women to do just get together and share about these real struggles, these real trials. Sometimes they're so stupid, but just yeah. sharing about them and knowing you're not the only one going through it can be really encouraging. So, um, what I was seeing when we were getting women together, it, it reminded me of that CS Lewis quote. I think he said something about how, um, friendship begins when you find another person and you say, Oh, you too. I I thought I was the only one. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. And so just, you know, in these, these events and book clubs and different things where you can talk to other women, because it doesn't always happen after mass. I mean, you know, sometimes, but, and sometimes you're able to make time outside of, of your Sunday obligation, but not often. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, we just need these opportunities as sisters in Christ to uphold one another and uplift one another. It's, it's just so important. And I know it's hard. I mean, I've been a mom drowning in diapers and it's not easy, Um, but it's, but it's definitely worth the investment because you, you need to know that you aren't alone. And so um, in the book at the end, I do have some discussion questions and we talk about how, Uh, you know, you can do it on your own. Of course, you know, your five minutes in the bathroom and the car line, your, Mm -hmm. you know, play, play group for homeschool, whatever it is that you're doing, but you could also get together with one or two or more friends and, and just, you know, they're a catalyst for conversation. You know, how can I, how can I cultivate the fruit of peace in my home with my children, in my vocation? How can I 
um, offer these things for the edification of the world. I mean, it's just, and I say, you know, rip, rip my theories apart, you know, say right. she's crazy, but, but start the <laughs> conversation and, and build those relationships because we're all all trying to get to heaven. That's really the goal. Our goal is to all be in the beatific vision with our Lord forever and ever. Amen. And I think it's just important to have friends for the journey. It just is. Yeah, so true. And so important. Again, the book is Death by Minivan. And my guest is Heather Anderson Renshaw. The book is available for pre-order on Amazon. You go on a pre-order, give yourself that surprise gift on some day in the future this coming fall. You will not regret it. And make the opportunity too to get together with friends to talk about it. Heather, I want to thank you for being here with me today. Maybe just before you go, let people know where else they can find you online. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's been awesome. I love chatting with you anytime. <laughs> um, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram mostly. It's at realcatholicmom.com. And I do have a website, also realcatholicmom.com, but I'm trying to get that a little bit spruced up for when the book comes out. Um, and then also on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook quite as often, but you can find me there too. Heather Renshaw. Nice. Okay. Well, we're going to be connecting in all of those ways and more in the coming days. Thank you, Heather, for making the time to share with the girlfriends today. Oh, thank you so much, Danielle. It was my pleasure. God bless you. God bless you. I just love every opportunity I get to chat with Heather, who's just so real. I think Real Catholic Mom is a great handle for her to have on social media. She's just a wonderful lady, and I know you're going to want to check out her book. But in the meantime, if you're looking for a speaker, she also takes on speaking engagements. She's probably going to be taking on some new ones with uh, the launch of this new book in the fall. So if you're booking any kind of event at your parish or for your women's group, you might want to consider inviting Heather to come on out to your community of women. She's just funny and inspiring and a lot of fun. So a great choice for a speaker. And that's all we have time for today. I'm not going to be able to record any feedback this time. Uh, I've got a few notes that I've got in my inbox that I want to share with you next time. I'm just running out of time. It's time to go pick up my daughter. Um, but I am thrilled that you took the time to spend here with me and with Heather here on Girlfriends this week. I am always grateful. I know I'm always saying it, but I truly do mean it. I am always grateful that you connect with me in this way, that you put in your earbuds, that you hang out with me for a little while, that you listen to what I have to share. And I'm so honored and privileged by the fact that some of you reach out to me with your feedback and with your questions or with your suggestions for the future of the show. That's so valuable and meaningful to me. So I just want to encourage you to keep on doing that. Keep letting me know the ways in which the Girlfriends community, the Girlfriends podcast can be of help and encouragement to you in your vocation to motherhood. I hope you'll be continuing to enjoy all the beautiful mom moments that are happening this time of year as school is winding down, as summer schedules are kicking in. Know that I will be praying for you in the coming week. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.